Good morning, good morning. Wishing you a fabulous Friday ahead. Welcome to today's episode of Morning Wealth. Today is the last episode of Morning Wealth in this shape and form. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support that you have extended to this project of mine over the past year or so. Hopefully, I will be able to find out a way to keep sharing whatever little I keep learning about markets each day. I've received so much back from Morning Wealth. Listeners from all over the world have called, written in and messaged me their feedback over the past few days and it has been super humbling. What is surprising is the second largest listener group is in fact in the US. Morning Wealth was started as a way to keep Asian investors updated of the overnight moves in the US and European markets so that they can set up their investing process for the day. Turns out it's a good market wrap for investors in the US as well. Thank you once again and hope to reach out to you in some shape and form in the coming months. Until then, stay safe and healthy. For today's episode, we are talking about three things. Options trading by retail investors, the impact on S&P 500, Domino's earnings and Texas Instruments earnings and outlook. U.S. stocks rallied to close a rocky Thursday on the upside. Growth stocks were the winners. Their value counterparts just couldn't shake off the jump in jobless claims. The Dow was up 0.07%. The S&P was up 0.2% while the Nasdaq finished up 0.35%. Weekly jobless claims shot up by about 51,000 to 419k. Claims were expected to fall to about 350k. Growth stocks outperform value stocks, which are most sensitive to changes in the economy. The Russell 1000 growth index edged 0.6% higher, while its value counterpart sagged 0.33%. We spoke about earnings momentum a couple of episodes ago. Earnings also kept beating estimates by wide margins. The average earnings beat by S&P 500 companies had been by about 20% coming into Thursday. This is according to Wells Fargo. The average one-day stock reaction post-earnings had been a gain of about 0.34%. About a fifth of the S&P 500's market capitalization has reported already. In other markets, the KOSPI was up about 1.1%. Hong Kong was up about 1.8%. Japanese markets were shut for a holiday. In Europe, the Eurostock 600 added 0.6%, rising for the third consecutive day after the European Central Bank left key interest rates unchanged in its latest monetary policy decision. The bank added that it may keep interest rates at current levels or below until it sees inflation stabilizing at 2%. Benchmark Italian, Spanish and Portuguese government bonds rallied on the prospect of longer-term monetary support. In the US, the government bond strengthened with the yield on the US 10-year Treasury note edging lower to about 1.26 from 1.27. Some insights on options trading and its impact on the S&P 500. Options trading by retail investors may account for the strength in the S&P 500 during the morning this year and weakness in the afternoon. The S&P 500 is up 9% in morning trading so far in 2021, while the index is down 5% in the afternoon. According to a note Thursday from Chris Murphy, co-head of derivative strategy at Swisskiana Financial Group. Morning trading is before 1 p.m. Eastern Time and afternoon trading is after 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Murphy measures morning trading from immediately after the opening print in the S&P 500. He says the growing presence of retail investors in the options market may be a factor. 
Such investors tend to be buyers of call options and engage in day trading, which means they buy in the morning and sell by the close of trading in the afternoon. The morning call buying may be lifting the S&P 500, while the afternoon selling of calls may be depressing the index. Calls which give holders the right to buy a stock at a set price amount to a bullish bet. Murphy cited options activity in market leader Apple Wednesday when 122,000 calls with a strike of about 146 expiring Friday traded but open interest in that strike only rose by about 18,000 contracts. That means 85% of those call options were closed out intraday. Apple shares closed up 1% on Thursday. In 2019, before message board trading took off, the S&P 500 was up 10% in the afternoon, better than its 5% gain in the morning. Murphy also notes that the bulk of the change in S&P 500 has historically occurred overnight, meaning most movement in the index occurs with the opening print. This reflects market moving news before the opening, such as economic news, earnings and political events. Over the past year, S&P 500 is up 28% overnight and has gained just 4% during daytime trading sessions. So some interesting insights for all the options traders out there. On to earnings, Domino stocks climbs about 11% on earnings beat on strong pizza demand in the US. Domino's Pizza on Thursday reported that its US same store sales climbed about 3.5% in its latest quarter, despite tough comparisons to its skyrocketing sales during lockdowns last year. The company reported earnings per share at about 3.12 adjusted versus an expected of about 2.87. Revenue came in at 1.03 billion versus the 972 million expected. The pizza chain reported fiscal second quarter net income of 116 million, down from 118.7 million a year earlier. In the US, Domino's reported positive same store sales growth. On a two year basis, US same store sales rose 19.6% in the quarter. Executives said that customers were spending more money on their orders, fueled by purchases with more food items, a modest menu price hike, and higher delivery fee. The segment's strong performance this quarter is a sign that the company may be able to avoid a sales slump stemming from pizza fatigue. You often asked if our sales growth might be weaker in markets that have more fully reopened, but to the contrary, the opposite trend emerged through the second quarter where we saw higher levels of sales growth in the second quarter in markets with fewer COVID-related restrictions is what the CEO told analysts. He also said that Domino's along with other large pizza chains is taking market shares from independent pizzerias. One challenge for Domino's this quarter was labor. CEO said that the margins for corporate owned locations were higher this quarter than the company wanted because of the struggle to find willing workers. The company is planning to implement higher wages across some corporate owned markets and for certain positions in the second half of the year. On to the earnings and outlook from Texas Instruments, investors pumped the brakes on chip stocks Thursday as fears of a repeat of 2018 supply glut rose with Texas Instruments forecasting decelerating sales growth despite a global semiconductor shortage. 
Texas Instruments was down about 5% in Thursday trading, while the SOX uh, ETF was down about 1%. Texas Instruments sales suffered a 11% year-over-year decline in the second quarter of 2020, but sales have grown year-over-year each quarter since and reached a 41% growth in the second quarter of 2021. Yet, Texas Instruments forecast sales growth of about 25% at best for the third quarter and refuse to speculate on what would come after that. The question of why the chip maker would forecast decelerating sales growth when strong chip demand is widely expected to last well into 2022 was center stage on Wednesday night's uh, conference call with analysts. In the call, executives kept pushing back that the past few quarters of strong growth had been unusual given the COVID-19 pandemic and that they did not want to speculate on how long that demand would last. In response, analysts called the forecast meaningless and nonsensical on Thursday. Texas Instruments is one of the first major chip makers to report earnings this season, so similar reports could cast a pall over the sector that has experienced a rough end to the last demand spike. In 2018, the chip industry on the whole was on fire, with stocks at record highs and increasing chip prices driving record sales. Those rising prices led many customers to double and triple buy chips before prices got even higher. The buying practice was so widespread that suddenly, late in 2018, demand ground to a halt and chip makers were saddled with a glut of inventory that took several quarters to unload. Chip makers and manufacturers have been pushing to increase supply, which could lead to a similar issue. For instance, Texas Instrument is buying a fab from Micron technology for about 1.5 billion to increase chip making capacity. Analysts for most part walked the conservatism off in Thursday's notes as something Texas Instrument just does. City research analyst Christopher, who has a buy rating and a 220 price target, called Texas Instruments report a wash, rinse, repeat affair in that the chip maker turned in stronger than expected results and offered a conservative outlook as usual. Christopher Danley looked at the past six quarters of results and found the company has guided 5% below seasonality on average while beating its guidance by 9% on average. He expects the same to happen in the third quarter as well. Given that Texas Instruments does not break out end market sales, Christopher Danley estimates 20% of revenue is from auto customers, 37% from industrial ones, and 27% from personal electronics. Texas Instruments breaks revenue out into sales of analog electronics, which basically convert real-world data such as sound or temperature into digital data, and embedded processors, which take that digital data and use it to perform specific tasks. So it will be interesting to track how the semiconductor results are going to come out over the next couple of uh, weeks. That is the update. Stay safe and healthy. Thank you for all the support that you have given Morning Wealth. Uh, I hope to reach out to you in some shape and form in the coming months. Until then, stay happy. Stay. I hope to reach out 
to each of you in some shape and form in the coming months. Until then, stay happy and stay healthy. Thank you.